Mindfulness Mode 431. So mindfulness to me is the ability to say, okay, where am I in this current moment? What does this current moment mean to me? Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness right here on Mindfulness Mode. I'm Bruce, your host. Great to have you with us again. If you're new, welcome. Good to have you here. I have a free resource for you. It's called 10 Simple and Effective Ways to Increase Mindfulness in the Workplace. And if you're an employee or maybe you're an employer, it could be very important to you to increase mindfulness and help things flow better. You can download the free resource at mindfulnessmode.com forward slash workplace P standing for productivity. This week, I'm heading to Justin Shank's event in Reading, Pennsylvania. I'm so excited. You'll remember Justin from episode 293 that was called Overcome Adversity and Reach Your Goals. And Justin has certainly gone through adversity. And he's a great event planner. And his event is going to be awesome. It's called Growth Now Movement Live. And I'm going to be there as a movement maker. And there are quite a number of guests who are movement makers. And his goal is that we can help some of the people in the audience, some of the people that are attending to move forward with what they're doing and just to be a a great positive influence. So I'm so excited to be there. And I'm excited also because my guest today on the show is going to be at the event also as a movement maker. She's a confidence coach, a spiritual teacher, and you'll find out by listening to the interview today that she totally cuts to the chase. She says things exactly as she sees them. And I think that's important. Hey, do you work in corporate or do you have a team of employees? Here's how you can reduce stress and increase happiness, productivity, and profitability in the workplace. Download this free resource. It's called 10 Simple and Effective Ways to Increase Mindfulness in the Workplace Now. Once your employees are happier, productivity will increase. And you can download this resource for free right here at mindfulnessmode.com forward slash workplace P with the P standing for productivity. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode with Danielle Mercurio. Hey, Mindful Tribe, we're going to have a lot of fun today. I have Danielle with me, and Danielle is truly funny and talented and gifted and all these other things. Hey, Danielle, are you in mindfulness mode today? I am so in mindfulness mode. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, I feel like I'm in mindfulness mode, too. I'm really excited to have you on the line. This is going to be so much fun. But first, I want to share, Danielle, a little bit about you with our listeners, with Mindful Tribe. Danielle Mercurio is a life coach, a certified Kundalini yoga teacher, a meditation teacher, and a comedian, a very funny one at that. She also has a deep love for astrology, and she's known to sometimes weave this into her coaching sessions. Danielle speaks and leads workshops in various locations across the U.S. She's constantly on a passionate quest to help her clients determine their own unique purpose so they can start living the fabulous life they're meant to be living. And I personally love Danielle's quote, which is, 
If you don't spend your time on something you love, you'll waste it on something you don't. So, Danielle, tell us what mindfulness means to you. What kind of a role does it play in your life? Yes. So, mindfulness is a major component and player in my life, and it pretty much is at every moment because mindfulness, it's interesting because Deepak Chopra once said, he's like, it's interesting, it's called mindfulness, right? Because it's like the goal is typically to get everything out of our mind. But I look to it as almost a a curiosity of self. So mindfulness to me is the ability to say, okay, where am I in this current moment? What does this current moment mean to me? Good, bad, whatever flavor it wants to present itself. And from there, where can I go, right? I think mindfulness is an opportunity to learn how to listen to yourself, learn how to listen to what your internal sense is telling you. And from that space, understanding, okay, I need to be calm from here. I need to relax. I need to focus more. And I think it's an opportunity to have a, a dialogue with, with your own self. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think it is too. Well, how long ago was it when you first started getting into stand-up comedy? Because you are such a natural at this. Thank you. So it's really funny, right? Haha. People growing up always said, oh, you should be a comedian. And I was always like, I don't even know what that means. I don't know how to be funny like that. I was always very conversationally funny. I can always like crack a joke in a conversation, but the thought of bringing it to the stage was never something I felt like I could do. And it was actually through doing motivational speaking that the comedy started to come forth. So a few years ago when I started my journey as a motivational speaker, I couldn't even help it. I I would curate these talks and then all of a sudden jokes would just come out and people would come up to me after and say, you were so inspiring and you were hilarious. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I kept hearing it more and more and more. And so a couple of years ago, I was like, well, what would happen if I got really intentional around comedy and started to bring it out on stage? And, and that's kind of how it happened organically. It was through sharing my journey that actually comedy came forth. Well, let's talk about the mindfulness of it. How does it feel when you're on stage and you're actually doing it? Oh my goodness. It's electric. It is absolutely electric. And it's like this out-of-body experience and you are just delivering this material that is so close to home to you and you also know it's so close to home to the audience. So because of that, there's a synergy that's created and it feels, like I said, very electric. And what's really cool too, the mindfulness piece is I really am able to let go of my ego, of my mind, of what I should say or what I think would be funny and just share from my heart. And what's really cool too, is every time I'm on stage, new material will come out also. So it's not just stuff that I've planned ahead of time. It's being so in the moment and so engaged with my audience that jokes will just come out of me without me even having a sense of understanding. Oh, that's cool. How often do you do this, Danielle? So I do it every, I'd say I do it about every couple months because for me, I like to kind of gather new material and and really feel it out before I move forward. So I just did one in Philadelphia. I actually have one with another woman who does motivational comedy as well in New York. So I'm looking forward to that. And today I actually looked at a new venue for another Philadelphia event. Oh, very cool. So So do you do a different show every time? You don't go up and do the same content? Pretty much. So there's some that I'll do multiple times, especially if I'm doing different cities. But a lot of times I find that I just, again, part of mindfulness for me is always evolving. And for Mm -hmm. me, it feels really good to constantly be creating. And so there's some favorites that I always weave in, or there's some things from the last show that I'll drip into the new one. But I like that, that fresh feeling. 
Right, right. Well, I, I think that your audience is in for a real treat. You, you don't post them all on YouTube, though, do you? That's something we have to go live to, to see. Where do we go? We go to Philadelphia. Yeah, so live, well... Today, I was looking at a new venue, so details will be forthcoming. Right. Uh, so look at the event page on my website. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll learn more about it. And actually, I will be, because again, some of the stuff, I don't want to spill it all on YouTube, um, but I will be uh, selling my last show on video. So oh, you will? Be, cool. Yeah, people will be able to buy. It's editing mode now, but people will be able to buy my last show. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So your website is daniellemercurio.com. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. yeah. And that's pretty easy to spell. Danielle, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E. And Mercurio is M-E-R-C-U-R-I-O. So get yourself over there to daniellemercurio.com because it's a great place to be. And you are a life coach, but you also have this passion for astrology. So that is a very cool mix. So tell me about that. If you were talking to me, if you were coaching coaching me, how would astrology come into this? Yes. So astrology is amazing because it, it can be viewed as a psychology. You can look at someone's birth chart and essentially look at it the same way you would look at a Myers-Briggs or another personality assessment. So essentially, when I'm looking at a birth chart, and that's essentially the, the position of the sun, moon, and the planets when you were born, I'm able to break down from that where your masculine components are, where your feminine is, how you use your mind, how you operate in relationships. Um, I can also tell what your modality is when it comes to how you make money and what your worth is. So all of those components tie into your astrological chart, which of course then become points that we can coach around. So if I'm looking at someone's chart and I'm seeing that their strength is in using their voice, we're going to amplify that and we're going to explore ways that they can do that more. If I'm also noticing that there's some blocks around uncovering um, how they express themselves, then we're going to coach around that. So it becomes a really beautiful blueprint and an icebreaker to explore what you can enhance and also what we can release so you can keep moving forward. Well, I love listening to your podcast, which is called Curiously Confident. And you are curiously confident. I mean, you have this, uh, this way of just, you seem to know what to say. You've got some episodes that are just you and others where you interview people. And you have this very natural way of reaching the listener. That's what I felt. And I'm curious about why you call it curiously confident, because I get the confident part, but where does the curious part come from? The curious part is because I'm I'm always curious. I feel like this journey is a constant evolution and I'm always looking to get into new things. If you're noticing, I have a pattern of always wanting to create, right? And that feeling of creation um, comes from my own curiosity. Okay, now that I've really gotten um, a handle on this, what can I explore next? I'm really curious about people and their journey and the human experience. And so life to me is honestly one big curiosity. And so I kind of just thought it'd be a playful twist to bring in my love of being curious about life with the ways that I show up in my own confidence and teach others to do the same. Well, one of the things that you're very comfortable about talking about is sex. And I love that because most of us are not comfortable, it seems, in this world. And what can that tell you about people? How can you learn about people by being so relaxed about sex and being able to talk about it? I'm sure you can learn things from people. You absolutely can. And I think it's really important 
to open up these doors because it is such a natural part of our human experience. And for some reason, we've been told to keep it behind closed doors. But honestly, sex is just important as food, right? It's part of how we fuel ourselves. It's important as our breath, right? We don't need to do it all the time. Like we need to breathe all the time, but it is a component of, of our human experience for most people. And because of that, I want to kind of break the barriers of it doesn't have to be so behind the scenes. It's something that we can be a little bit vulnerable about that we can open up about because I think it strengthens our ability to communicate what we need, not only in the bedroom, but outside of it as well. I find that the more that we can feel confident in our sex life, the more we can actually bring that to the outer world, not as tangible, not as literal, but it does exude a sense of confidence, a sense of being able to show up in a more elevated way. So do you find if people are, let's say an individual person is closed down sexually, do you feel like they're also closed in other areas of their life? Particularly, yes, it tends to be that way. I find that people that feel closed down or shut down or they can't talk about what happens in the bedroom usually are not owning up to their worth outside of that, in the workplace and other places, they're being quiet there too. They're holding back. They're feeling like, I don't have full permission to be open and expressive. And, you know, part of this life is to have fun and enjoy it and find new ways to seek pleasure. And I think when we do that, we exude a different kind of energy. And I think that bleeds into the other areas of our life. So you mentioned that sometimes people in the world have told us that we should close down, but sometimes we close down ourselves. Sometimes it's our own voice that's there for some reason. How does that voice weasel its way into our brains? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I think we all have moments where we, we fall prey to that voice. And I think that voice is a couple things. I think it's part of society and conditioning. And that voice was developed over time through lots of noise and lots of other voices that created this very unique, interesting voice inside of us that kind of becomes the navigation of where we should go and what we should do. I also think though, that part of why we were given that voice is to understand why we're here. I think sometimes the voice that is the the naysayer is contrast or is negative or is challenging us. It's challenging us to find the bigger picture. It's challenging us to find the meaning. It's challenging us to find that sense of purpose. And so I honor the voice when it comes through because I'm like, okay, you're trying to show me something and there's something on the flip side of this. And I want to know what that is. So I'm going to be challenged by this voice so I can see what's, what's going to open up from it. Well, you used to work in corporate. And from what I've learned about you, you went through a lot of pain moving from that place into a place where you were a lot happier. Can you tell us a little bit about your story? Sure. So I kind of always grew up victim to the voices. And when I was younger, you know, and again, I, I pull in astrology because I, I remember learning that I was a Leo and I read about Leo and Leo was like, you're going to be in the spotlight and, and you're meant to be confident and you're meant to help people. And I always identified with that very much, but then the outside world, whenever I would share, like, I want to be in the spotlight and I don't know what that means, but I feel like I'm supposed to be on camera. Everyone would just be like, Oh, Danielle, like that's not for you. Or, and so Every time I would share my dreams, I would kind of get the the feedback of, ooh, like you probably shouldn't. And that became my timeline. That became my life, the trajectory of like, oh, I have dreams, but my dreams are just meant to be some fantasy that I live with. They're not actually meant to be lived out because when I look at living out my dreams, it doesn't seem to be a fit. I'm supposed to find things that are safe. I'm supposed to find security. I'm supposed to you know, go to college, get a job, get married, and I'm supposed to follow this timeline. And that's why I'm here. But 
there was a disconnect because that didn't really feel like who I was, but I didn't know any better. I didn't know I could stand up for myself. I didn't know that things could be different. And so because of that, the more I tried to follow society's timeline, the more that I let myself be judged where I wasn't fitting into the outer world, the more I lost sight of myself. And I started to fall prey to things like addiction. And the addictions were really just because I needed to escape. I didn't know how to escape myself. I didn't know how to manage this life per se. And so through reaching for things, whether it be men, alcohol, drugs, it didn't matter. It was just, I needed a gateway to get out because I didn't know how to function. And it just became more and more and more of that. And I kept trying to make myself fit into the outer world. And every day I'd wake up in the morning and I'd be like, God, just get me through today. Like, just make sure nobody catches on that I don't know what I'm doing. And then at night I'd fall prey to escaping until eventually, this is about nine years ago, it got to the point where it was just accumulating so much and I couldn't handle not handling my life anymore. And I kind of fell to that, you know, rock bottom that we talk about. And and it was from there that I finally was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm really scared, but I know that I can't keep doing this. I know that deep down the outer judgment and trying to appease the outer world by playing it safe isn't going to work anymore because it's hurting me and it's hurting any chance I have to have some sense of a life per se. And that was the catalyst for me to start to get help and, and really actually take help seriously. Well, it really came across when I read your story and you said you were at your friend's wedding and you were sobbing on your knees. You were just so broken and so lost. And the way you described it, you said you'd scraped against the bottom of your quintessential rock. Like, wow. Like, what a description. What is a spiritual badass? (laughs) Yes. So spiritual badass, it's a term that gets said a lot in our community. And it's funny because I use it in my comedy and I joke that like a spiritual badass is, is someone trying to bully you into having a miracle. But I think essentially when it's used in, in the sense of empowerment, it's someone that can um, have that, that sense of self and that sense of connecting to something greater and is empowered to show up despite what anybody else says, despite the judgments, is able to cut through some of the things that people are telling you otherwise or the moments to play it safe and be like, no, I got this and I trust myself and I trust that something greater is coming through to help me as well. And we're going to co-create something really fierce. What's your biggest fear in your life right now? What's your biggest fear? Oh, Bruce, we're getting, we're getting juicy. So I guess my biggest fear is what if this doesn't all pan out, right? What if I don't get to the big picture? What if I don't make the level of impact that I want? But really, when we go deeper into that, so my biggest fear is that I won't make the level of impact that I really want, or I won't be supported in making the level of impact that I want. But further... It's the fear of failure and from that fear of failure, really just being embarrassed that it didn't work out. So what does failure mean to you? Failure means going back to corporate, recognizing that I couldn't find a way to make it on my own and support myself while supporting others. Right. So how does it feel when you do have a client and you help them find that place of discovering their own unique self so that they can move on and they can create content and they can help the world and they can empower people? How does that feel to you? I mean, it's everything. It's such a surge. It's such a blessing. It's such an opportunity to be able to do that and to hold space for someone to have that transformation and recognition of what they're capable of. I mean, it's everything. 
It really is. Yeah. And so how do you find those people? It's interesting because I often find that they find me, right? I don't do marketing in a very traditional sense. I find that the more that I show up and share and the more that I stay in the community and get to know people and stay social and find partnerships and and just enjoy being in the community of where I dwell, uh, people find me. And it's just, it's beautiful. It's just, you know, I heard about you from so-and-so or I happened to catch your podcast or I found you on Instagram. I feel like we're supposed to work together. And that's really how it happens. Right. Yeah. It's amazing who just suddenly appears when we most need someone, isn't it? Exactly. It's so true. And there are so many times where maybe I'm wrapping up with the client and I'll say the universe, okay, I'm ready for the next one. And then all of a sudden, a couple of days later in my inbox, I'll have an email from someone inquiring about it. Well, I know you speak around the country and you do workshops and that kind of thing. Tell us about a situation that was just a transformation where you helped someone, they came and they talked to you, they explained to you what what effect you had on them. Can you share a story with us, Danielle? I had a woman that came to me, this was a few years ago, and I still was kind of navigating through my own coaching journey and building my own confidence in the way that I could show up and serve. And she was in a space where she was she was trying to come into her spirituality, but she was very skeptical, skeptic, I never can say the word right, like a skeptic of, of it all. So it was like a weird contrast that was happening because she was opening up into her spiritual gifts. Yet at the same time, um, she was doubting them, right? So she had a lot of disbelief and a lot of it was due to um, her environment and her family and what they were saying about things. And it was through our work together that she was able to finally like drop the doubts and drop the fear that she had around not only her own gifts, but sharing them with others. And she was working a corporate job at the time. And she never thought that she could get out of this corporate job. But the more that she just kept showing up for her gifts and and the more that she just believed them over doubting them, the more she just kind of started to get strength and fuel. And people started to, again, just come to her so organically. She was able to leave her corporate job. And now she's in a space where she is leading retreats like all around the world. Her family is so on board with what she does. They travel with her doing this work. Stories like that all the time where people just like didn't believe that they could do it. They just thought that everything around them was like, no, you can't. And they just needed permission and space to be like, yes, I can. And I will. And I'm going to move forward from here. And to see people grow their own practices from that is just phenomenal. Danielle, that's an awesome story. Tell us about your friend Gabby and how she has changed your life. Yeah. So you're referring to Gabby Bernstein and I found Gabby. It was really interesting. So I live in Philadelphia now, but I was there in college and then I was there for a while. And it was around the time that I was getting my coaching certification. I was still in Philadelphia and the universe presented an offer from my corporate job to move to New York City. And I remember being like, I don't know. Like I just got my coaching certification. I was thinking about leaving this job. Does it make sense for me to go to New York City? And I just kept hearing like, no, you got to try it out. Like you're single, you're getting paid to live in New York City. Do it. I moved to New York City and I'm I'm it's it's crazy it's chaotic I'm like put through so many different challenges it's true when they say you can make it in New York you can make it anywhere and I'm just like why am I here why did I do this why didn't I just stay in Philadelphia and I really had a moment of just like needing to surrender and really needing to understand because I was just like I don't understand why I'm here my business isn't my coaching business isn't growing I'm working this job I don't like 
And then all of a sudden, someone recommended a YouTube video to me and they said, you should check this woman out. Um, I think you would resonate with her. And so Gabby Bernstein, I saw this video and she was cool, fresh, hip, really into spirituality. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, she's the first person that I identify with as a speaker and a coach in the spiritual community. So I went to go see her live and it was an amazing perform, like not performance, a lecture that she gave. And I remember looking around the room and I'm like, these are my people. This is, these are like-minded souls that I'm going to be working with and, and building with one day. And one day I'm going to work with Gabby. And so I kept going to her events and never really introduced myself, just kind of was watching from the distance. And then she opened up a masterclass and I decided to do her masterclass. I was one of the first people to sign up. And through doing her masterclass, she opened up a second level. And when she opened up the second level, I enrolled and I started bumping into her all around New York City. And I started introducing myself. And every time I'd see her, she'd go, oh, Danielle, there you are again. Like, nice to see you. And then when she did her level two mastermind, I had the opportunity to go up and she had me teach with her. And it was such a phenomenal experience. And afterwards, she was just like, Danielle, I don't know what it is, but I feel like I'm supposed to have you work with me. And I would love nothing more than for you to sign on and be one of my coaches. And essentially, you know, she, she has a large network. And so when people come to her for help, she can't help everybody. So um, she has a coaching team. So I wound up joining her coaching team and being one of her coaches. It was such a huge catalyst for me to be able to leave my corporate job and start to do this work full time. So it was just really cool to go from seeing her on a YouTube video and being like, oh, I'm supposed to connect with her to then very organically, naturally being one of the coaches on her team and, and traveling the country and, and being able to speak at her retreats and teach at them as well. It was phenomenal. Wow, that's a great story. And it was great meeting you at the New Media Summit in San Diego when I was speaking down there at Steve Olsher's event. Uh, was that in September? Because I was at New Media Summit twice. I don't and, think we met there, Bruce. Oh, we didn't meet there. No. Oh, okay. I was thinking that I had met you there. No, no, Isn't but that, that sounds like funny? something I would have been at. But you weren't at that. Okay. No. Well, I definitely have my wires crossed on that one. But <laughs> no worries. Anyway, we met at PodFest. Yeah. We met at PodFest. Right. Thank yes. you. Yes. Yeah. That's what happens when you start to go to a number of different events, you know, and you start to. They all start to blur together. I much would have rather met you in San Diego than Orlando, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> San Diego's a great place. It, it is. really is. Yeah. Well, as we move forward in this interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions, Danielle. And the first one is this. Who is one person who's influenced your mindfulness practice in your life? So I would say my first meditation teacher, his name is Alex, and uh, he's part of the Shambhala Buddhist lineage. And he was my first access and gateway to meditation. And to this day, I'm forever grateful for his teachings. And how has mindfulness affected your emotions, Danielle? Oh, it's given me an opportunity to feel them and be <sighs> raw with them and to have an opportunity to sit in them and not be afraid and allow them to share with me what they want to. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice. Mm, yummy. That's what it feels like <laughs> to have an opportunity every day to sit and give myself permission to only have to breathe is huge. And it, it really clears my system, uh, nourishes my mind and really helps me open up my heart. If you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what would that be? Mm, I think my favorite, I'd go back to Gabby Bernstein. She has a book called Miracles Now, and it's a great kind of handbook to different modalities of meditation. Can you share an app that can help with mindfulness? Yeah, I really like Insight Timer. I think that's a great app. I do too. I have some meditations on there. I love that. I love that. And I use it as a timer a lot of the time. 
Exactly. That's how I started using it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's awesome. A lot of different sound effects. I used to meditate more with nature sounds and Mm. different things like that. And now I almost always meditate to silence. But what about you? What's your meditation like? Yes. So it varies and it actually needs to, because again, as you probably have noticed, I like change. And so if I do the same thing every day, I find I start to outgrow it and I don't show up for it. So for me, I have to have variety throughout my week. So for example, this morning, it was a beautiful day. I went up on my roof deck with a cup of coffee and just sat for a half an hour. And that was my, that was my meditation practice, right? Yesterday, I did yoga and that was my practice, right? So every day it's finding a modality, either an exercise or a practice where I can sit that feels good for me for that day. And and that's what works best, but I have to do it every day. So my, my rule is you have to show up for some kind of mindfulness practice every day, but it doesn't have to be the same. Right. Well, that's a good rule. That's a good rule. My rule is that I have to show up for curiously confident when I want to get a little (laughs) dose of Danielle because it's so much fun to listen to you because you're just so open and so natural. And I was just listening to one where you were talking about being open about sex and your sexuality and that kind of thing. And it wasn't just a few lines like you really got into it. You really explored that. And I really appreciate that, that you're able to share that. So that's that's curiously confident and I know you can be found at daniellemercurio.com and uh, I'm sure you're on social media. How can we connect with you? Yes. My favorite place to be right now is Instagram. And my right. handle is my name, Daniel Mercurio. So I'd say if you're looking for more connection outside the website and the podcast, go to Instagram and follow my stories and my posts there. Great. Well, thanks so much for being on Mindfulness Mode, Danielle. Thank you for having me, Bruce. It's been awesome. Bye now. Thanks so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest's name or the episode number into the search bar. You can also go mindfulnessmode.com slash whatever episode number you like. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, so many places you can hear Mindfulness Mode. So hit subscribe and share because that truly helps our show. Remember what I mentioned at the top of the show about whether you work in corporate, have teams of employees, and you want to reduce stress with those employees and help them to be more productive. You can download the free resource, 10 Simple and Effective Ways to Increase Mindfulness in the Workplace Now. And once your employees are happier and you know, productivity will increase, download the free resource at mindfulnessmode.com forward slash workplace p so remember subscribing and sharing helps keep mindfulness mode on the air till next time mindful tribe use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm focus and happiness stay in the mode